This is Cord Poole. What's up, Iron City? This is Timmy Brown. I'm Big Dad Rich, the reason your mama gets child support. You're listening to Iron City Rocks, baby. What's up? This is Cobra Page from Cobra and the Lotus, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. Hey, this is Charlie Starr from Blackberry Smoke, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 375 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 375, we have three special guests joining us. We have Tyler Bryant of Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown, who will be at the Carnegie Music Hall of uh, Munhall to do a show on the 12th. Uh, he will be opening direct support for Blackberry Smoke. And then uh, on the next night, on the 13th, uh, Granny Four Barrel will be doing a show at uh, Jurgles and Warndale opening for Texas Hippie Coalition and Cobra and the Lotus. So we have Granny Four Barrel uh, joining us on the line as well. And we also want to introduce you to a new band featuring John Grishecki. Uh, the band is called Millie, and we will talk to them in just a little bit. So let's first turn our attention to Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown. Uh, they have been around for a little while, making a lot of noise out of Texas. Uh, phenomenal guitarist, uh, really great songwriter, kind of a roots rock meets blues uh, with some real flashy uh, guitar playing in there, very tasteful guitar playing. I don't want to say flashy to make it think like he's necessarily a shredder, but um, really a, a great player. Um, he talks uh, in the interview with a great reverence of, of dealing with uh, working with Jeff Beck, uh, which has to be mind-blowing for anybody who's ever picked up a guitar. So we're going to play a song from Tyler Brown, The Shakedown. This is the song Backfire. Let's get into that interview.
My pleasure to welcome to Iron City Rocks. We have on the line Tyler Bryant of Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown. How are you doing today, Tyler? I'm wonderful, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great. You guys have got a uh, kind of a, a fantastic uh, sophomore LP out uh, now, uh, self-titled, and uh, you're going to be coming in to Pittsburgh in May to do a show with Blackberry Smoke. Um, you've been on the road with tons of really, at this point, legendary artist so it's a pleasure to talk to you um first off um you grew up in texas correct i did i grew up in texas and i i moved to nashville when i was 17 and started the the band that i'm in now so what what attracted you to the guitar i mean you started at a pretty early age but what was there a particular person you saw on tv or a magazine or something that you just said you know that looks cool i want to do that Absolutely. Initially, it was Elvis Presley, you know, because back back whenever you know schools still had music programs, mm-hmm. um, our t- our teacher, her name was Miss Witcher, showed the the whole class a video of Elvis, and I would have been in kindergarten or first grade at that right. time, you know, just a, a little kid, and and I was I didn't realize that he was just holding a guitar and dancing with it most of the time, right? But I. I was like, that's the coolest looking thing I've ever seen, and I want to do that. And pretty much, I I began to have an identity crisis and write Elvis Presley on all of my school papers, mm-hmm. and just tried tried to make myself Elvis. My mom even dyed my hair black when I was in, you know, elementary school. That's excellent. My dad would like get get his friends to like give me a ride to school on the back of their motorcycles and stuff just to, so I could try to feel like Elvis and then I got into blues and I met a man named Roosevelt Twitty when I was 11 who was like a real deal um, blues man and he he gave me re- these records that just sort of like changed my life you know Lightning Hopkins and B.B. King and right. all that kind of stuff and through that I met rock and roll and it just kind of just snowballed over the years now you grew up um you know, when I think when people think of blues, they think of of Texas. You think of Stubbs. You think of you know the Vaughn Brothers. Uh, you know those kind of guys. But you were completely on the other end of the state and, and pretty far north. Um, was there much of a blues scene or even a live music scene? You grew up in a pretty little town, if I'm not mistaken. There was absolutely none. You know, in the in the town, there was mm-hmm. no scene in the town that I that I'm from. Um, down the road in Paris, Texas, which is where I was born and where my father worked. Um, there was there was a handful of guys there who were into to playing blues and and I when I when I got my driving permit I started kind of going to Paris every Saturday and working at this guitar shop and I would mm-hmm. meet people who would come in there and pull records off the wall and you know a, a scene 
started to happen and and it and the the guys who were in it we called ourselves the blues buddies and we would go around and play mm-hmm. um and then eventually i i started trying to you know call booking agents and get myself booked in dallas and you know in the suburbs of dallas to try and like branch out and would go down to austin occasionally but it was a big drive and you know my parents were both we're both both born and raised in the small town that I that I'm from, mm-hmm. and so like to even go to Dallas was a huge deal, right? You know, so but you know obviously influenced by the Vaughn Brothers and you know all of the other Texas gunslingers. There's a whole list of them. Now, when I listen to your albums, you know the the debut album um, Wild Child and, and the self titled one. I hear, uh, you know, you've got kind of a nice mix of, uh, you know, you can tell, you know, when you listen to it, you've got your roots in the blues and you, you're certainly able to wail away, but you've crafted songs as opposed to just, you know, a shred fest or any sort of, you know, 45 minute here, how, how great I can play the guitar type of record. Um, was that something as, a, you know, a guitarist you had to kind of hone in or were you more of a song guy to begin with? Well, you know, I've, I've moved to Nashville to be a songwriter. I've always loved writing songs, and uh, and and I've always loved playing the guitar. You know, the, the two have kind of always gone hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I started, once the band kind of started forming, we, you know, I I would realize like if 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 I soloed to and and trust me, there's no shortage of guitar solos in the Shakedown show. Sure. But if it was just like if each song was a ten minute jam, we would lose the audience. Yeah. You know, and and then it's it's become even more apparent to me after years of touring. It's all about songs, man. Like that's mm-hmm. that's how ACDC gets the people in the cheap seats, yeah. having fun and spilling beer on their person sitting next to them because they're putting their hands in the air and singing along like and so I you know I think that the, that this the newest record was even more of a step in into the song direction and we've been writing and writing and writing even since then um just yeah. I like I also as a listener I get burnt out pretty quick if if a guitar player is just playing nonstop mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and unless that's, it's Jeff Beck or something. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're right. I, and I, it's interesting you mentioned Jeff Beck, and I'll get back to that in a moment. But um, you're absolutely right. I mean, you you listen to something like Texas Flood, uh, a fantastic song, and I'm sure every guy that's ever or girl who's ever strapped on a Stratocaster, you know, gets a lot out of it. But if you're not a guitar player, that song probably goes on a little long for a lot of people. You know, especially live, and, and that's not to speak ill of Steve Ray Vaughan. Um, you know, rest in peace. But it, certain songs like that, you've got to be a pretty hardcore fan to really want to listen to it. And I noticed with your records, yeah. Well, I mean, few few people can play like that too. Yeah, I mean, that's that's Stevie, a whole different. Stevie element. was able to do that because he's just on a different level, you know. And but you know, I was I was in this weird situation where, you know, my best friend through pretty much like middle school on was mm-hmm. an old blues man. Yeah, and so. On one hand, I'm paying, you know, I'm paying kids who are older than me who can buy parental advisory labeled records mm-hmm. money to go buy me the No Effects and Rancid records so I can right. listen to my punk rock. Right. And then on the other hand, I'm going and sitting in a room with a bunch of old blues guys. And and so I've I've never I've never just picked one style of music and gone this is what this is what I'm about. You know, 
I mean, with the shakedown, it's pretty clear. Like we we just consider ourselves a rock and roll band, but you can hear you can hear that we were influenced by all those Texas guys. You can hear that it was we're influenced by Soundgarden and mm-hmm. you know like '90s grunge and also, I, dude, I'm from the country, you know. Yeah. So yeah. of course, like Keith Whitley and George Jones and like all of those storytellers that like the, those old country greats that was all about songs. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell on a song so, like "Poor know, Boy's I Dream." You certainly, and... yeah, I mean, yeah, of you, course. You can even feel. I, I, I could even. I don't know if it was intentional or if you know if you guys listen to a lot of like alt rock, but I could even feel you know some of those type of influences coming in. But I really enjoyed the fact that you know it's a good, it's a record that certainly scratches a lot of itches for guitars, but it certainly doesn't alienate the non guitars. There's quality songs on there. Um, you know, even on your first album, you know, you left. Um, you know, there's some tracks on there that you know you could see a crowd singing along with, um, and there's songs that you walk away singing as opposed to singing the guitar solos. Um, so that's cool. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that that, that the record had that effect. Now, oh, I, yeah. I, I I caught a video of you kind of noodling on um, Facebook, uh, doing some mm-hmm. really amazing Jeff Beck sounding stuff. That's why I wanted to get back to the Jeff Beck thing. Um, was he someone you listened to a ton? Because you're vibrato on, on some of that stuff, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with the video I'm talking about. But uh, it was just you in a white strat playing, and, and yeah. it was like you were channeling. Yeah, it. man. Well, man, I, I I sometimes if I get if I'm working on a, like a, a track, mm-hmm. you know, or something, or if I'm if I get to a point where it's like okay, we've got a song here. Normally, I do guitar solos dead last for songs. That's like the cherry on top of okay I've prepared the meal we've done all of this and now I'm going to sit down it's like it's like the grandma at Christmas who mm-hmm. has to make sure every, everything else is taken care of before she gets to sit down the guitar solo is like me sitting down and going okay great now dessert you know mm-hmm. um, and so if I ever get like uninspired with my playing when it, I, I did a I think I did like five tours opening up for Jeff and, and kind of became pals with him and, mm-hmm. and just he, he was such a huge influence on my playing um, just from early on before I knew him you know I had I had the guitar shop record pinned up on my wall as a kid that you know and would like read all the cliff notes or the liner notes and right. uh, you know it was, it was just he was a huge influence and so whenever I was out on that tour with him Fender sent me a, that, that strat that I was playing in that video that you referenced mm-hmm. that was one of the Jeff Beck signature strats and he had signed it to me, and if I ever feel uninspired playing, I'll pull that guitar out and just instantly be like, "What would Jeff do here?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just listened to that. I've actually sent him, like, I'm dude. I'm, I'm straight copying your solos on, or I'm like straight up copying your sound on this kind of thing. I'm sure he probably watches it and laughs. He's like, "Yeah, you wish." But <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Though I mean, I, I love the fact, that, and this is one of the things about the blues genre that I've always respected is that it's it's a lot of the greats tip their hat to those who came before them and and I think in a lot of ways that keeps people you know you're a relatively young man to go back and listen to some of these guys who certainly weren't the in thing to listen to when you were growing up you know you mentioned Soundgarden Nirvana I'm sure those were probably bigger you know on the radio at the time you were you know an inspiring aspiring musician um, but it's great, you know, to listen to uh, Jeff Beck or who, you know, people who motivated him to play. Uh, and blues players right. do that, you know. And I don't know that a lot of rock players and, and metal players necessarily go back and trace the roots of inspiration. 
Um, yeah. But it, it really, really came out well, and it was it was fun to listen to because there, there aren't too many people who can play that kind of style uh, that well, you know, that kind of clean. What what freaks me out about Jeff is he doesn't just play the strings; he plays the entire instrument. And mm-hmm. I've recently found because I I recently found some videos that were like kind of really closely zoomed into his right hand because mm-hmm. you know he obviously he's got the the tremolo floating, unlike most like Fender Stratocasters that you would play. So mm-hmm. on on the Jeff Beck signature model guitar that I have, I have it set up somewhat close to the way that he has his set up. Mm-hmm. And so I was I was watching videos of how he was doing stuff and just trying like trying to learn how to do it myself. Because I, I mean th- that's what I love about the guitar is it's, you can never master it. You're constantly you know you can constantly learn something new, you know. Yeah. And and I remember even being on the road with Jeff walking past his green room one day and he goes, "Hey man, come here, check us out. This is going to freak out all the cats in Nashville." <laughs> and he was playing this like chicken picking thing that was unbelievable yeah it's, it is it's it's amazing when you uh you think of a guy like that who's still got things to learn or you know can pull tricks out of his bag that we haven't seen yet um was that intimidating I, you, you'd have been on the road with you know aerosmith and slash and, and guns and roses and and joe bonamassa i mean do you ever get in, intimidated saying that you know i don't even know if i want to pick up the guitar in front of this guy is that if you had that kind of moment or are you kind of past that you know, level of you know I, I think, I think what I've, 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 I've definitely had those moments. Like, you know, I know we're talking a lot about Jeff, but since he was my favorite guitarist, whenever he asked me to to jam with him for the first mm-hmm. time on stage, yeah, I felt like a, like a, a diver covered in blood jumping into a great white. You yeah, know, I mean, I like can't imagine great white infested waters. <laughs> I mean, just let you me know, play some so, cowboy chords. You do your thing, Jeff. You know, I, I couldn't exactly. imagine. Actually, you know what? A, a time before that, that I was even more intimidated was I got on stage with Albert Lee, the yeah. amazing, mm-hmm. just the, he's incredible. And, and I was called up by Steve Lukather, who is oh, also wow. incredible. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like me, Steve Lukather, and Albert Lee playing Country Boy, which is Albert's like most popular tune. Sure. And so... I, I, at that point, I just kind of turned my volume knob down and played cowboy chords. Yeah, really. Uh, I kind of just smiled and nodded. Yeah, I'm just here to look cool because you know these guys are. Yeah, that's that's impressive. I, that that's amazing to listen to. Um, well, what I've start what I've started realizing is it's 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 less about me and and, and more about you know the audience and how the audience mm-hmm. reacts because they're not they're not worried about the technical stuff as much. It's like a lot of times I found because I've been jamming with uh, Blackberry Smoke on this. Yeah. We we just we just kicked off the tour a few nights ago, and um, you know we the first night we did, um, or well I guess it was the second night we did Won't Back Down by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and the next yeah. night we did a ten minute rendition of Sympathy for the Devil, and I think that the audiences are just so excited to see people collaborating and yeah. doing and like jamming and being spontaneous. That it's less about us and it's more about them just having fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And obviously, whenever they're having fun, then we're having more fun. Yeah, and you bring up, a, you know, this kind of goes back to the point you said it's about the song. I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, you guys break into a Tom Petty song, you know, in, in the current musical climate, people just go nuts. Um, you know, even oh, if, it, you know, even without a great, you know, trading off solo or something like that, uh, you know, that's still got to be really fun uh, for the audience, you know, because it does raise that energy. Um, Absolutely. 
Um, can I ask one of the things about your sound? Um, what do you use as far as like your signal chain? Because I know you've got kind of a unique guitar sound. Uh, your you know your gritty sound, but it's it's got kind of a different edge to it than maybe just a normal you know martial amp kind of sound. Yeah, well, there's a there's a couple of things. Um, you know, and and I was actually just talking with Charlie from from uh, Blackberry Smoke about this because he's. Mm-hmm. I went up and jammed through one of his rigs and it sounded amazing and it's so much different than the way that I set mine up. I found an overdrive pedal a couple years ago that, that my guitar tech purchased for himself and he said, hey, you should try this pedal. It's pretty unbelievable. And I tried it and I never gave it back to him and I got two more just in case because I wanted to take you know multiple of them with me everywhere I sure. went in case one of them went down because I liked the way it sounded so much. And so a lot of times it's it's like for me if I have that one overdrive pedal I can pretty much plug into any amp and get right. the sound I'm after you know I mean I can it's, I, I'm still of the, the, the it's like that old Chet Atkins story of like him playing and someone be like that guitar sounds amazing him putting it up on the wall and go how's it sound now Yeah, that kind of thing where it's like it is in the hands and it is in the soul and the feel but I love fuzz I love distortion so I mean this pedal that I'm talking about it's made by a guy in Germany and it's 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 called a Rodenberg okay. Gas 820 or something like that. And so I put that before Marshall, and uh, I've recently started playing orange amplifiers too. And I, I normally have, I like to have two amps going mm. at one time. I like to have two different style of amps that way mm. because I, I switch between a Strat and a Resonator a lot. Okay. So sometimes the Marshall doesn't get the Resonator, sometimes the Marshall doesn't get the Strat, depending on the room. And so sure. if I have two flavors, I can kind of blend the best of both worlds and, you know, with my overdrive and, you know, delay and reverb, all that stuff. It's like, sure. I, I use that as well. But when it comes down to it, I'm, I pretty much got the overdrive on all the time. Yeah, I just noticed it's got kind of a distinct sound to it. It didn't. I, I was listening to um, you know both of the albums kind of back to back just to see if maybe even you switched sounds in there. But it, to me, you, you could still hear a certain sound. That I don't know when you introduced that pedal into there, but you know it's, you've got a very unique sound to your playing, and I, I really enjoyed that. Well, that's cool. That's good to hear. I mean, you know, like like we were we were talking about the Vaughn Brothers earlier. Mm-hmm. I remember going to jams in Texas, and and you know I. I got I got the live at Elma combo DVD when I was yeah. 13 or something like that, and mm-hmm. I remember I got it for Christmas from my grandmother, and I stayed up all night watching it on repeat, just dumbfounded at at his stage presence and the charisma and the soul and the passion and stuff. And I remember going to a blues jam and doing the Texas Flood, you put the guitar behind your back and solo thing, just yeah. showboating and trying to be Stevie and, and one of the like seasoned veterans came up to me and goes hey don't ever do that again or we won't let you play like it's not it's not cool and and that was like I think kind of the first first moment I realized like man you know what I can't try to be Elvis I can't try to be Stevie I have to like be Tyler <laughs> I have to try to make myself cool and 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 that's the other thing the guy Roosevelt Twitty that inspired me would always show me let's and say like go home and figure out how you would play that and yeah even if, if I teach people anything on the guitar, I'm like, man, this is just, this is not the directions. This is just sort of like a general vicinity thing. You, this would work, but you can figure out, this is just your voice. You're the you're the boss of the instrument when you're playing it. It yeah. works for you. So you just got to, if you can hear it in your head first, and then you can make it happen. That's like yeah. the Jeff Beck thing, man. Those sounds, 
he he hears it in his head before he makes it happen. That's what's the craziest part about it. Yeah, yeah, that that is, you know, you're absolutely right. I think once you learn the, the fundamentals of the guitar, then you're speaking, you're, you know, you're finding your voice using it as as a tool. But, you know, I think everybody kind of has to learn the basics. But after that, it's where are you going to take it, you know? If you, just try, you try to be Jeff your whole career. We already have Jeff, you know. I mean, that's we don't. The world doesn't yeah. need that. But the, you know, you're you're the only Tyler Bryant we're gonna have. So you know, that's that's what I. Yeah. Love. Well, I mean, it's like I, you know, I, I, and I. With that said, I do believe in like tipping the hat to the, sure. you know, to what, and that's like goes back to what we were talking about with, with the blues, you know, and, you know, like even on the solo for that song backfire on our new self-titled album i'm mm. totally tipping my hat to jeff i mm. i pulled out my jeff backstrad and was like what would jeff do when i was making the demo and i liked the solo from the demo so much because it was in it was in an inspired moment mm -hmm. that i just put it on the album do you like, um, want to redo that do you do your solos kind of off the cuff or do you kind of chart those out prior to going in to record them or how do you approach that man it's all in it's all improv improvised um okay. And and so what I'll what I'll do a lot of times, like the last record was mainly recorded at my home studio in Nashville, mm -hmm. and and so the the band a lot of times will just kind of leave me alone, and and I'll just sit down here, and you know even like when when you reference the video on my Facebook or all my Instagram posts and stuff, that's just that's sort of my like comfort zone where I'm just sitting in my little music cave, and I've got walls of amps and you know all kinds of different colors to you know different crayons to color with and um most of the solos on the new record what i'll do is just do like 10 passes listen right. through see if there was anything that felt good if there wasn't then i'd go for a walk around the neighborhood clear my head not think mm -hmm. about it for a second come back do 20 more <laughs> right listen to them see if there was anything good if not and, and dude sometimes i mean Sometimes it would be like the second solo. You go, oh, that's the one. Don't do any more. Okay, yeah. great. I won't quit while you you're know? ahead. But most times, most of the times, even if I get one, I'll I'll still <laughs> I'll fight whoever. Be like, let me do like a bunch more. And then, yeah, because yeah, I that, I like to push. I like to push myself. Yeah, that's that's the one thing with with um, you know having a home studio. Sometimes you've got to learn when to stop. Um, you know, as opposed to back in the you know the days where. Stevie and Jeff were making their big albums. You couldn't afford to keep taking, you know, doing the takes. Uh, oh yeah, well I mean it's like now it's like alcoholics living in bars. Yeah, you yeah. know, you just sit down there and do do uh, record all day long. Well, Tyler, I don't want to take any more of your time. Uh, you're going to be on the road with Blackberry Smoke. You're coming into Pittsburgh on the 12th of May. Uh, we're looking very much forward to seeing you. I know a lot of people are really anxious to catch you when you get into town and. And being up there with Blackberry Smoke ought to be even a uh, you know a bigger treat. So, thank you so much. For yeah, your time. it's a it's a it's a great night of rock and roll, and you know we've we've had some great shows in Pittsburgh over the years, and definitely looking forward to coming back. All right, thank you to Tyler Bryan again. He will be in town with the Shakedown. Didn't want to make a rhyme, but I had to. Uh, we'll be doing a show with Blackberry Smoke at the Carnegie Music Hall of Munhall. I can get tickets at Drusky Entertainment's website. That's druskyentent.com. Tickets are available for that. So we're going to turn our attention to a show, which is the very next night at uh, Jurgles in Warrendale. Texas Hippie Coalition, who are no strangers to Pittsburgh. They've been here many, many times and have been guests on our podcast. 
uh, many times. Uh, they will be on tour with uh, Cobra and the Lotus. Uh, Cobra had been on the show as well. If you go back to our website, you can pull up that interview. Uh, and opening for them, a new uh, act uh, out of New York, uh, Granny Four Barrel. That's Granny, the number four barrel, like a gun. Uh, Granny is kind enough to join us on the line and talk about the band. Um, kind of a mix of, of some different things. There's a little bit of uh, southern, almost country sounding stuff to it. Uh, banjo, fiddle kind of things. Fused with uh, music that kind of r- rivals White Zombie slash Rob Zombie's music. Uh, but Granny plays the character of kind of this deranged uh, grandmother with an attitude. So I think it might be better for you to hear it from Granny him slash herself uh, to get an idea of what they're all about. So I'm going to play you a song, the latest track, which is a video directed by uh, the notorious, uh, infamous, I should say, Stormy Daniels. The song is called She Likes Guns. I'm going to talk to Granny.
we have Granny of Granny Four Barrel. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, John. How about you? I cannot complain. Hey, you guys have got a, a couple of impressive uh, singles out. Uh, you've got some videos that are ca- certainly capturing people's attention, and you're going to be rolling into our fine city on the 13th this Sunday to do a show uh, at mm-hmm. uh, Jurgles. Uh, going to be opening with That's THC right. and Lotus. Um, can you talk a little bit, for those who are not familiar with the band, uh, kind of what to expect? You know, obviously watching the videos, it looks kind of like a circus uh, set to some pretty cool music. Uh, but can you explain, the, you know, the live show for us? Yeah, I sure can. I mean, it's like, uh, think of me as, think of Granny as like your surrogate badass metal Granny who wished you always had that fronted a metal band. And, and you're right. It's, it's like a psycho circus, so it's shock rock, it's a hybrid style of music, like bluegrass infused with heavy metal and electronics, mm-hmm. it's an all-out vocal assault, expect some screaming Rob Halford high notes from Granny, and maybe some blood getting splattered on people from the butcher, and the maestro, the fiddle player, I mean, he is one hell of a shredder, and then we got the judge on the drums laying down the law now um obviously you does kind of in you mix and you mentioned you know some southern elements so you can hear some things like you know, banjos fiddles that kind of stuff with almost uh you know john five kind of rob zombie sort of sound to it um but i think obviously the thing that's going to catch most people's attention is the is you know the the image the band presents um what what kind of told you that the time was right for, you know, kind of someone to bring in shock rock? Because it's kind of been a while since there's been a kind of a iconic figure in shock rock. You think of Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie is kind of being bands out of the 90s. You know, that's been, you figure, almost 20 years since they kind of made their mark. Um, you know, I know. What, what made a it, while. You know, what made it seem like now was the time to kind of reintroduce that to you? Well, you know, John, this thing here has been in the making for about eight years now. So, okay. uh, you know, we just uh, we put the idea together and started testing it out. You know, and the fans really like it. They like to relate, you know, and be imaginative with what's going on on the mm-hmm. stage, having that, you know, badass old woman and her miscreant family. And, uh, you know, it just evolved. So, I mean... The time was right the first time we did it. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know, we really like this. And, and the fans like it. And the people love it. Let's just keep doing it. Yeah. And here we are now. Yeah, I think there's, there, it's kind of neat to see. You know, it's funny how things, what, what is old is new. You know, you look back at, you know, Ozzy and Alice and, you know, the, the guys I mentioned before. You know, those guys did their thing. They still continue to do their thing. But, you know, it's neat to see some new blood, um, you know, even on a, on an up-and-coming band, you know, to see that kind of attention to putting mm-hmm. on a show as opposed to, you know, I mean, there are lots of bands out there that have great songs uh, that don't necessarily put on a show. Um, you guys kind of, you know, go completely 180 on that, and it's a show with, you know, with a great soundtrack. Um, is right. it, di- is it right. difficult? What- I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, I, I like to say this every interview I do because... Because I think it's important, but the last time I checked, this was the entertainment industry. Right. And you know, when I go to a show, I want I want more than just the music. Right. You know, I want to I want to have an event, and I want it to be a spectacle, and that's what we're going to give people. That's what we give them every night. Is it? Um, 
how is it? I mean, you think of you know a lot of the big names in shock rock. You think of okay, you know these are arena type acts, and you guys are obviously kind of up and coming band doing in the club. Does it present some limitations as to what you can do with the amount of space? And obviously, you know, being on the road as a support act for for THC and Cobra and the Lotus, you've got only a finite amount of time. Um, how do you you kind of squeeze it all into a smaller space and a smaller time frame? Exactly. I mean, you know, you get, you know, 30, maybe 40 minutes for a show to get your point across, but it's condensed, and it's, I mean, it's all there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we got a full-length album coming out here in about two months, and, uh, you know, we're playing a good chunk of those songs in our set every night. And, uh, you know, some of these places are pretty good size, too. You know, we do 700-cap rooms and small theaters, and, uh, you know, we could get our point across, but I mean, obviously, you know, the bigger the band gets and the bigger venues, the more you can do. Right. Now, th- as far as the material on the album, obviously we've heard uh, Free Flag and, and uh, She Likes Guns, uh, but what can we expect from the other tracks? Is that a pretty good representation of what the band is about? Well, I, I think that it is, but... You know, when you get to hear the whole record, then you'll see the full scope of what Granted does. We don't have any uh, constraints put on us when we're writing music. I mean, if it's cool and we think it's cool, then, you know, and it's a good song, then it it is what it is. But, mm-hmm. but rest assured, it's always going to rock. Right. And uh, a common theme, a common theme on the record is villainesses, women that give revenge. I just think that's pretty cool for some reason, and uh, I just tend to write in that mindset all the time. Right. Kind of pissed off and ornery, like I am. Yeah, now, now you, I read that you you were obviously a fan of, of horror movies, and that was kind of some of the inspiration for, you know, hmm. the role. Um, were there particular ones, obviously, obviously Psycho kind of comes to, to mind when I think of, um, you know, pissed off moms or pissed off sons whatever you want to call that but uh was there a, a yeah. particular character that was kind of the onus of what became granny yeah i mean now now norman bates mom you know that's pretty crazy right there so that's certainly inspirational but i have to say my number one inspiration would be karen black when she played in the movie burnt offerings back in the okay. 70s with uh, Burgess Meredith, Betty Davis, uh, Oliver Reed. It was, a, you know, was one of Betty Davis's last movies. But anyway, mm. um, Karen Black was just about an old woman that lives up in the attic that nobody ever sees until the end of the movie. And I, that movie still scares me to this day. One of my favorite horror movies, hands down. That's excellent. You know, I think it. Uh, you know, she was a phenomenal actress too. Is you know, so that's really really cool. And I think you know, people when they, they kind of get the story behind something like that, it, it kind of makes it uh, even cooler. Now, um, you kind of uh, in your latest video, she likes guns. Have been working with uh, someone who's got uh, you know all the notoriety in the world with Stormy Daniels. Can you just talk a little bit about how that partnership kind of came to be? Sure, sure thing. All right. So last year. Um, you know, we had the record done, and we're trying to pick singles. So we picked out She Likes Guns, and we was getting ready to release it on the radio. And then we said, well, we got to have a video. So Jesse James Pree, the singer for Jackal slash mm-hmm. owner of Mighty Loud Records that we're on, he mm-hmm. said, well, my friend Stormy, she directs 
rock videos and I'm going to connect you to and see if you guys can work something out. So Stormy and I talked about it. We hit it off and we had the same mindset about what we wanted to do. So we did a video. This was back in last June, 2017. Okay. But then when everything was all done and getting ready, we got a little bit of pushback on the radio because guns in general is always controversial. Sure. So there was like, well, you know, guns are in the news, and I'm thinking, guns are always in the news. It ain't ever going away. And this this song ain't about killing people. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with that. But anyways, we just uh, it got shelved. So it, we just was, and then we decided, all right, we're going to put out Freak Flag. Freak Flag was the choice. It came out first, like two months ago. We was talking about, I wonder what song is going to be next. And I said, hmm. well, if you looked at the news lately, boys, yeah, that might be a good time to release, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the video that we got from Stormy Daniels. And that's kind of how it came to be. Yeah, you can't you can't buy publicity like that. Um, you know, it would be. Yeah, uh, I mean, it just. Yeah, that that one just worked out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, I mean, and you know, when it's relevant too. You know, yeah. the song is about. Uh, you know, badass women taking down villains, bad yeah. guys, and all of a sudden now that's relevant as shit. Yeah, that you they kind of wrote that script for you. <laughs> no. You know, in, in in an era where um, you know, with the empowerment of women and stuff, you know, it's a certainly a really cool anthem and a uh, you know, the, that's the right. songs it works. It works on yeah on a lot of levels you know it's it's a fantastic song and again you guys are coming in uh, Sunday night uh, you're going to be opening up the show you guys take the stage right around seven is that usually the plan yeah so sometimes like unless they put some locals on but yeah you know seven seven eight o'clock got to check the day of the show things change at the last minute but that's sure. usually what it is yeah and you're going to be in the road with or, or that night with uh, THC which is so one of the hardest working group of guys. Uh, out of Texas and Cobra and the Lotus who have been on the show as well so going to be a great night of, of yeah, metal um, you know great, great package great bands yeah. all of them yeah exactly and a great great value for your money so I want to invite folks to come out and check that out and uh, Granny want to thank you for coming on the show man oh thanks so much alright again that's Granny of Granny Four Barrel they're going to be in town on the 13th Mother's Day to do a show at uh, Jurgles and Warrendale with THC and Cobra and the Lotus. So I'm going to turn our attention now to a band out of Pittsburgh. Uh, really a fantastic uh, a debut. Uh, the band is called Millie. Uh, we're going to talk to John Grishecki, who is a guitarist for the band, and uh, talks a little bit about how this group kind of came out of the ashes of another Pittsburgh band that you might recognize. Uh, but I'll let him tell the story. He does it very well. And we're going to give you a taste of, of one of their songs here, and let's get into that interview.
Ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome to the show from the band Millie. We have John Grishecki on the line. How are you doing, Johnny? Hey, how are you? I'm doing quite well. Uh, you have guys have put together a really a, a fantastic album. Um, you know, I don't even want to try to categorize it as far as a genre, uh, but the album place in my mind, uh, which is available. You know, by the time people hear this, is going to be available now. Um, really great record, and you work with some great people in the band. You've got a great producer. Um, can you talk a little bit about you know the project and where you guys have come from? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my best friend Seth Milberger and I have been playing music together since about 2009. We've played in various projects like the I Drive and the Composure together, and um, kind of when. The composer took its course, and that ended. Me and him were left wondering what to do, and why not just keep on going? We've done sure. it for so many years. Mm -hmm. So Seth and I got together, and he, you know, first he he's a terrific songwriter and just a great, great singer. And we've had some ideas brewing, and we kind of just worked on them after the composer split, and uh, we ended up working with our old friend and producer Jim Wirt who is just terrific and uh, he did a couple records for Incubus and Brian Setzer and Fiona Apple his track record is just really impressive and just sure. his work is really speaks volumes and we got to do some songs with him and uh, kind of just kept going back up and next thing you know we have a, a full length and um yeah, it's, it's, it's been a long time coming, but, uh, you, you know, Seth's just, I think he really found his voice on this mm -hmm. record, and the songwriting's been uh, unprecedented compared to everything else that we've done. I think sure. it's, like, on another level. Yeah, it certainly, you know, it grabs your attention, and I think, um, you know, the word, I, I, I guess the phrase, I, when I first listened to it, I said, you know, this is really... I don't want to say it in a negative thing because sometimes this word can be a bad connotation, but it has a very commercial sound. It sounds incredibly modern, um, but it sounds like something you'd hear on the radio, you know. And that's, you know, I mean that is is, uh, is praise for the music because it's not, you know, when you get, you know, you know, we get a lot of demos for a lot of bands, and you get all kinds of different variations of metal and you know alternative and stuff, but very often you don't hear. You know, stuff come across your desk that you're like, "Well, this sounds like what's popular on radio stations." You know, was it? You know, and it's not a big, you know, divergence from what you guys did in the composure. Would you say, or is, you know, how would you contrast the sounds overall? You know, I, uh, you know, it's kind of hard. It's like trying to compare two kids together. Yeah. But you know, with with us, I think in the composure it was more like. We're gonna kick your door in and mm -hmm. play this fast music in your face. And it, 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 it had pop elements to it, for sure. sure. But it was a lot more aggressive and in your face. And I think with Millie, it's evolved into being more laid back and very um, groovy, I guess you could say, right. and very pop heavy. You know, yeah. we, we grew up loving rock and roll, but at the same time, you know, we were raised. Like when we were growing up, our favorite bands were like Blink One Eighty Two and, and Green Day and mm -hmm. like Third Eye Blind and all kinds of stuff. So it's kind of like we took our 
punk, you know, our pop punk elements from back in the day, right. and like retraced our roots with, you know, falling in love with bands like, you know, Springsteen and America. You know, our, our right. parents, you know, Seth's yeah, his favorite band is America, and um, you know, just growing up with me being in a rock and roll family, you know, sure. we had a lot of uh, rock influence, mm-hmm. so. I think we kind of just took everything from our favorite worlds, I guess you could say, right. and just them together. We really did, I feel like, come up with a commercialized sound, but I think that's something missing in today's music. There's not too many guitars going on yeah. in the radio, and you know, we're firm believers in guitars and drums and live music and, and stuff that you can feel and it's real. And we just really took our time with trying to craft like pop songs that have a rock influence, but chock full of hooks. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're sucker for hooks, and Seth writes some of the best hooks I think there is. I have to admit, uh, Johnny, I don't know. In, in all the years of doing this, no one's ever said their favorite band or anybody's favorite band was America. So that's the first one. First <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's a funny one. But yeah, I mean, Sister Golden Hair, man, that that song yeah. is a jam. Yeah. You know, but you know, Seth's, Seth's father, he he loves that band. And he loves, and he he just loves all the like Peter Frampton. And, yeah, and all that uh, rock from back in the day. Yeah, there's some good, there's some good stuff in there. But um, now, how do you go about, you know, with with a pop? You know, when you think of, you know, metal bands, it's it maybe might be an easier path to try to getting, you know, getting the music out there because there's a lot of avenues for kind of independent metal or independent punk. But when you're when you're chasing a sound that is so um, approachable to the masses, you know, a pop kind of sound, is there means to get that music out there without a major label kind of pushing it down the iHeart radios of the world? Yeah, uh, you know, that's a re- I guess that's a really hard task for anybody that's playing music these days. Mm-hmm. You know, it just really comes down to how, how do you get your product in front of people, mm-hmm. and how do you get product uh, like people to latch on to your product it's basically you have to really make a heavy online presence right and try and steer people to you know your, your spotify your your itunes or apple music and then your facebook your website your twitter your instagram the whole nine yards and you know it, it's hard because the internet is so oversaturated yeah so it's like how do you separate yourself from everybody else and mm. you know that's I think that's the hardest task but I think if you present you know yourselves in a good manner and have you know, a really good product I think hopefully it catches on right. over time yeah. word of mouth just uh, going out and grinding and playing shows you know playing with the right bands playing the right markets teaming up with the right people I yeah. think that's all all yeah. things that kind of have to fall into place for yeah. everything to go go the way you want it to yeah so. you know, sometimes you, you see bands like uh, you know Walk the Moon or you know even Imagine Dragons and things like that and sometimes you wonder you know what it was that that put them over the top I mean obviously the songs were there you guys have fantastic songs that I think are right in the you know the same league with those but sometimes it's a matter of how do you how do you get people to hear it you know you can turn on any radio station in the world and have Ed Sheeran jammed on your throat but you know there aren't a lot of like 
independent kind of pop stations, you know. No, yeah. there, there, there really isn't. So that's why I think you really have to rely on the internet, and mm-hmm. YouTube, and all that stuff to really try and, you know, I guess you you know try and shove it down other people's throats because yeah. that's what everybody else is trying to do. Yeah. And it's you know if you do well, you would like to think that people will take notice mm-hmm. uh, compared to some other people that don't do it so well. So you know that's really all we could ask for is if someone would lend their ears we you know really appreciate it yeah and yeah. you know hopefully they dig what they hear yeah it's not they can they can move on you know yeah, it's, it's <laughs> certainly worth a listen now uh, as far as you know i know you guys are doing a record debut uh show or release show um what do you guys have as far as a, as a live band i mean it's just the two of you on the album i mean do you guys just do kind of a duo live or how do you yeah uh, well so so millie is uh, seth milberger and i and live, we we have a great band that's been playing with us live. We got uh, our our good friend and actually former uh, composer member Paul Benetiatis. Okay. He's playing guitar and uh, singing some stuff with us live, and he, he's honestly probably the most talented person I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, his skills are just leaps and bounds beyond most people I know. So. Really, really a uh, big pleasure to have him keep, keep on playing with us live and uh, he actually has another band called Two Birds that he plays on the side with and um, okay. they're great too and uh, so he plays with us and then we have uh, a really killer drummer named Brett Tamara he plays drums for us and we have our friend Simon Bocker play acoustic guitar with us Okay. so we have uh, it's like a five piece you know two guitars Acoustic, bass, and drums. You know? Okay, it's pretty simple. But so you, uh, you guys, you know, f- we we deliver the power pop. That's for sure. Yeah, and you you've got kind of the Goo Goo Dolls model. You know, two guys in the band, but live. You know, you've got a, a group of folks that it's worked quite well for yeah. them. Yeah, we, we love the Goo Goo Dolls too. So yeah, good good reference. Yeah, <laughs> but a prize to anybody who can name a third person on stage on any of their shows, though. Then you're then you're uh, then you're uh, <laughs> diehard. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's like the bass player of Bon Jovi. He's been that nameless face for twenty years, and then yeah, this cash yeah, is a check. What, what's his name, right? Yeah, you, if, if 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 trivia ever comes, but uh, is is his name? But uh, he's just cashing a check. Well, Johnny, I want to thank you so much again. The the new record will be out by the time uh, folks hear this. Uh, Place in my mind, um, the first single. Um, is uh, just fantastic. I think you guys actually. Thank I, you. I really enjoyed um, even you know some of the other you know the the non single tracks I thought were really really good. So I think you've got you know a great collection of songs. Should be a great uh, make for a great live show, and we wish you all the best. Well, we really and thank you for all that you do uh, with Iron City. Oh, our pleasure, our pleasure, man. All right, that about wraps up this issue of Iron City Rocks. We want to thank you for listening. We also want to thank Granny of Granny Four Barrel, John Grishecki of Millie, and also uh, Tyler Bryant of Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown. Again, Tyler will be in town on Saturday the 12th to do a show opening for Blackberry Smoke. Granny will be there the next night to opening uh, in Warrendale for uh, THC Cobra and the Lotus. So uh, some cool Mother's Day weekend music if you want to take Mom out to see a deranged grandmother or some uh, 
really t tasteful guitar playing either night there's something for you to see so i also want to thank uh millie uh guitarist john grishecki for uh talking to us about the band and, and uh, bringing us up to the speed also want to thank you for taking the time to listen you can visit us at ironcityrocks.com or on facebook instagram youtube and twitter are all forward slash iron city rocks we invite you to reach out to us ironcityrocks at gmail.com if you're in a band, uh, local band, national band, either uh, you know we like to to showcase our own here in Pittsburgh, but we uh, also like to, uh, as we've mentioned many times, like to showcase bands that are coming into Pittsburgh uh, because it helps keep the venues healthy, which in turn helps them keep more bands coming to Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, it's kind of a cyclical thing. You know, we support local bands, we support national bands. It's more national bands here, uh, more money into that sector um so we want to want to thank you for supporting those bands uh if you've got a band and you want to get in touch with us please reach out don't hesitate don't think you know we're too small we're too big um whatever you know we we just want to focus on good music uh talk to interesting guests so you know don't hesitate if there's somebody even if you want to make a suggestion hey you know this this concert's coming and this band's never been on your show you know obviously we can't cover every show uh, we strive to cover as many as we can, and uh, the ones that particularly interest us, obviously, we get to. But if there's something out there that would interest you as a listener, please let us know. Um, you know, that's that's what we're here for. We love what we do, and we really, really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. So, until next time, enjoy. <laughs>